The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, friend, L. Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson, and available wherever fine podcasts can be found. Uh, this is, of course... Our Wrestle Kingdom thir- 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13 review. 13. Um, man, what are we going to do next year when it's over the over two days? I guess we do two videos for it. Two nights in a row. No sleep. Or we just go. Not doing that. We'll just go to it. How about that? We're there. <laughs> Definitely not doing that. Um, not until 2021. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting show. It was a fun look. It was a Wrestle Kingdom. It was a fun show. Yeah, it was a fun show. Um, we had the kind of the specter of all elite wrestling hanging over the whole thing. They already announced that stuff, so all the people involved in that we knew we were going to lose. So it sucked a lot of the drama out of some of the matches. There were a cut. Cu- there were a couple of odd things going on. Number one, so there was a there was a rumor that went around from Bodyslam.net. Yeah, about uh, the potential future of. Kenny Omega, yeah, uh, and the idea that he might be leaving New Japan, yeah, that kind of broke right as the show started. It felt yeah, like, or it was brought to our attention, and uh, we're so gonna that was get, always in the back of our head leading into the main event. Like, how is this all going to play out? We're going to get into the sort of details of that a little bit later, but yeah, like the the idea that he could be leaving New Japan, um, and then there's an obvious destination for him that is not all elite wrestling. Uh, based on some some more stuff that was allegedly coming out or that was coming out in in the rumor mill, um, which kind of cast the, it sort of took some of the intrigue out of the main event. I mean, when you hear this stuff, you kind of assume, okay, well, I kind of, I mean, yeah, they they had tonight they had Tanahashi win the title after a six month reign from uh, Kenny Omega, roughly, yeah, and. Uh, you know, they could have done this, I guess, at, at New Year's Dash tomorrow. Um, but instead they went with, hey, let's just get that title off him, give it yeah, to Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know how often the, the IWGP heavyweight title is defended at New Year's Dash. Um, so I don't really know if there's precedent for their top champ on the verge of maybe leaving the company. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I don't know. Usually, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of precedent for the title changing hands at Wrestle Kingdom. No, either. not the top belt. No, so, no, it hasn't happened in like eight years. Uh, but every title changed hands. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and yeah, there was just it. it, it the, the all you mentioned this during the stream, I think. You know, did they need to announce the All Elite Wrestling thing uh, three days before New Japan's biggest show? Kind of the company that made them. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that they're leaving. And, uh, you know, because it, number one, it, it made obvious that the Young Bucks, like, why were the Young Bucks even fighting for titles? I know. I know, especially after the, the first of January when, when we learned they have their own promotion they're starting. It's like, especially, why are they even fighting? I mean, yeah. if, if it's just so they can have 
one last chance to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome and kind of say goodbye. All right, I understand that. Mm-hmm, yeah. But then just wait until you announce your, like on that episode of Being the Elite, yeah, announce double or nothing and say more information coming January 8th. We're holding a rally. We're having for that rally. Something yeah. or another, you know? Yeah. And then at the rally, announce all elite wrestling. You can yeah. tease it in that Being the Elite, but don't go so far as to announce it because. Like there's zero intrigue, zero drama in the U.S. title match. Zero. Yeah. The only intrigue in the tag title match was who not named the Young Bucks was going to win the belts. <laughs> right. You know, you know, they had zero chance. Yeah. There was. I'll put it this way. There was a lot of weird stuff going on. We had uh, a, a, a British promotion title being uh, fought over in, in New Japan, which, I mean, granted, we've seen before. Yeah, we've seen Ring of Honor title uh, defended at WrestleMania. Right, Kingdom yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I mean, and that was the Zack Sabre Jr. versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii match. match. That was, like, probably... That might be the best match on the card. It's either that or Osprey Kotobushi. That ending just got us a little too worried. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was just kind of a weird show. Yeah, it was. I mean, look, it had all the great wrestling you expect from a New Japan show, but when you when you already expect that, if some of the drama sucked out of it, it makes it less great. Yes, you know. Agreed. So I mean, I guess you can say that the Okada, There's a lot of weird stuff going on. We'll just we'll just start from the yeah, beginning. start from the top. No no New Japan Rumble. Instead, we get this gauntlet. Match. I should have known it was going to be a subpar Wrestle Kingdom with no New Japan Rumble. Uh, a, a gauntlet match, not for the never open weight tag titles, but to determine a new number one contender. Uh, the first two teams were uh, Tokyo Pimp, Marty Squirrel, and Hangman Page taking on Jeff Cobb, Dave Finley, and Yuji Nagata. Yeah. Uh, There's this weird, awkward things where Chase Owens came out with uh, the elite team. And got on the apron was was getting into it with the Tokyo Pimp and Hangman Page. Yeah, and it looked like Hangman Page pushed the uh, Tokyo Pimp away from Chase Owens. They stopped arguing, but he inadvertently pushed him into Dave Finley. Dave Finley rolled up Tokyo Pimp, and the elites eliminated immediately. Well, yeah, because of Chase Owens. Well, we, well because they're going to all the wrestling. No, I understand that. <laughs> they're, yeah, like their entrances were longer than their actual time yeah, in I know, the match. I know. Um, so yeah. Um, so next it was best friends Chuck T, Chucky T, and Trent, mm-hmm. along with Hiroki Goto. They were next in. Chuck misses a moonsault. Finley rolls him up for the win. Mm-hmm. Two consecutive roll-up wins for Dave Finley. Yeah. Uh, next Suzuki Goon, um, and they pretty much make pretty quick work of this team. Uh, Kes Killer Elite Squad hits Killer Bomb on Dave Finley, pins him. Uh, the last team out is uh, Makabe, Yano, and Taguchi. Uh, the brawl happens instantly. They start brawling, brawling all around the ring. This was kind of fun because immediately you just get a... Uh, oh, no, that was that was way... Well, in pretty much instantly you get Suzuki and Makabe. You yeah, know, yeah, two, yeah. Two grizzled veterans going at it. Yeah, and there was a lot of fun stuff there. I'm sorry, no, I was thinking of uh, with Suzuki and Nagata earlier. Just going yeah, at it speaking. endlessly out, out to like there's there's actual matches happening inside, but they're just fighting all they're around just the fighting side. all around yeah. the ringside. But yeah, what you were saying, Suzuki and and Makabe then started going at it. Yeah. They were in the ring. That was really cool stuff because they just started trading. Like, let me ask you something. So Ishii and Suzuki are really fun to watch because Ishii will throw. They're both stiff guys. Yeah, yeah, and they'll both throw. Makabe was throwing. What felt like, what looked like, and I know like so much of wrestling is appearance. Yeah. 
making something look like it hurts. But Suzuki was throwing these nasty forearms. Well, I wasn't looking at the appearance. I was listening for the sound of the shots. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. witnessing, your perception and, yeah, of, yeah. of what Suzuki, it looks like. Suzuki, when he would land a forearm on Makabe, it sounded like a baseball bat hitting a raw turkey. Is he, I mean, he's obviously just very good. At, but there's also an element of he's just throwing really hard shots. But he just knows where to, 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 to land him, so yeah. it's not really Makabe, like, I was, damage. I was expecting some fire out of him, and, and we didn't really get that. No. Suzuki's so good. Man. Oh, he's the best. Anyways, Yano... Hit a low blow on uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. and pins him for the win. So at New Year's Dash, we're going to see this trio, Makabe, Yano, and Taguchi, take on uh, the Bullet Club OGs. I believe it's Tama Tonga, Tonga Lo, and I believe Bad Luck Fale are the never open weight six man tag. So teams. not to get ahead of ourselves, but the good guy Tama Tonga thing did not work for Bullet Club. It was wildly entertaining, though. It was very entertaining, but it did not work. Uh, so I'm assuming at New Year's Dash, we're probably going to see him either reject the good guy angle or double down on it. I don't know. I, I kind of thought that he was going to double down on it in the finish of that match, but that didn't happen. Mm-mm, um, mm-mm. So, yeah. But anyways, so that's going to happen tomorrow night at New Year's Dash. Yes. Um, uh, in between the pre-show match and the start of the main card, uh, there's a huge announcement for various shows happening for the rest of this year and early next year. Uh, two things of note. One... July 6, 2019, um, there's going to be a show in Dallas at the American Airlines Arena. It's where the uh, Dallas Mavericks play. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I understand Kevin Kelly correctly, that will be the first opening night of the G1 tournament. It's going to happen. Sounds like he, yeah, in the, the States, what he was saying. Yeah. It's pretty massive. That's great. That's huge. And then also, they announced next year in 2020, Wrestle Kingdom will take place January 4th and 5th. It's going to be two a two day, day show. They, I mean, lately. I mean, for the past, I mean, even since before I was watching, which is only two years ago, uh, they've been, you know, these co-main events, th- th- they're big enough to headline their own shows. You know, last year, obviously, we got Omega Jericho mm-hmm. the year before that. Uh, we had, who was fighting for the IC title the year before that? Was it Naito? Yeah, probably Naito. and Because uh, it was Omega Okada and Naito and... Uh, uh, Tanahashi? Was it Tanahashi? Maybe it was Tanahashi. I forget. I could be wrong. But in any event, that's a big main event match right there. That bugs me now. Was it Shibno? Wrestling All right, we'll look it up. 11, yeah. uh, so, I mean, that that's that's huge, man. A two-day event, the 4th um, and 5th. And it kind of falls in line with how I've been handling a lot of their shows where instead of just doing one show one day, um, they uh, spread them out over a couple days. Yeah, Tanahashi. Yeah, Tanahashi. Um, so they're just extending that all the way to Wrestle Kingdom now. And it's a weekend next time, next next year. Oh, okay. It's going to be on a Friday and a Saturday, I assume. Yeah. Because the time was on a Thursday. Well, it's a Friday in Japan, so it'll be Saturday. Saturday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the main show kicked off with a never-open-weight title bout between the challenger, Will Ospreay, and the champion, Kota Ibushi. This was fantastic. They started off with all sorts of crazy... Uh, moves and counter moves and reversals. And you know what I really appreciate all sorts of awesome stuff. You know what I really appreciate about the opening to this, um, sort of to to counter it with uh, like a ricochet osprey match. Mm-hmm. The the opening sequence to this, it had all the same elements of that, but just felt less choreographed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, it just felt a little bit more like they're actually trying to hit each other. Yeah, as opposed to like you know, well, the, and also when they did hit each other, it was stiff. Yeah, the physicality of this match was uh, pretty intense and might have maybe gone 
too far at the end. I don't know. You know, it's funny because you, we sort of made the parallel during the stream uh, that, like, you know, the Okada Shibata match mm-hmm. was like a fantastic match. It was like a great match of the year contender. Yeah. But given what we know, what happened to Shibata afterwards, right, it sort of put a big damper on that yeah. match. Yeah. This had that same feeling. If it wasn't for, and it probably was just really good selling and part of the story, like that we haven't heard that, oh, Kota's really messed up or anything. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how New Japan operates until they mm-hmm. they don't say anything until they have like a clear diagnosis. Sure, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Like I took a couple, took a few days, I think, for taking uh, time bomb. Yeah, for Takahashi and same with Shibata. It took a couple days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just for kind of reports and rumors to leak. It was even longer than that, I think, and for people, New Japan issue official statement. People point out all sorts of stuff in terms of like, well, they had the young boys. Uh, put him on the board put and him stabilizing his neck, which they would have done. It, like a medical staff would have done that. Probably, so, but. I mean, I'm hoping that that means that it's just fake. Uh, but it, the, the fact that it, that it was like, man, because when they replayed, so the match was great. It was fantastic. It ended with Osprey delivering a nasty, um, I mean, they were calling it an elbow. It was like a forearm like to the forearm. back of uh, Ibushi's head. And he just landed with a thump and then, it, I mean, it did. I don't know how if if Osprey, it looked like he just powered him up for a Stormbreaker to finish for the a match, Stormbreaker. Yeah. But that's a pretty. I mean, that's a pretty crazy move to be able to do when the mm-hmm. guy's out. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, he got the pin and the win and the title. Uh, and pretty much immediately, they got a board, a stabilizing board, and and put Ibushi on it. Yeah, um, Ibushi, of course, has a his- history of neck issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, he's cool. Hopefully, everything's okay. This is just a really the elaborate work. Um, it could be just so he didn't come out for the main event. Yeah, that maybe. could be. Given could the history be. between Ibushi and Tanahashi, maybe they just didn't want to address, you know, Ibushi kind of, you know, I think in the previous matches they had, whether it was the previous G1 or when they're one-on-one matches outside of it, they made a whole point of saying that uh, Tanahashi was like Ibushi's idol and stuff like that. Well, you yeah, because you sort of get into some stuff there with, you know, so Kenny comes out and he and he essentially worked that match as a heel, his the main event match. Um, I mean, character wise, for certain, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. he was he was totally the bad guy in that match. And I wonder if they wanted to avoid any of the wonkiness that would be involved with the Golden Lovers thing. Is that when he's with Kota Bushi, he's not a bad guy. He's like you know totally a good guy. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that. So yeah, maybe that maybe that was simply to take him out of any hint of him being near the main event. Mm-hmm. That may that actually makes some sense right mm-hmm. there, which makes me feel better. But yeah, no, I mean this I mean this was this was probably with the exception of the 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 Paul that was cast on the end, my favorite match of the night. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, this was this was so, such a stellar match. It was what, 12 minutes or so of just nonstop action? Oh yeah. And counters upon counters upon yeah. counters. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was a really beautiful match. Uh, Osprey, just you know, him and Ibushi both elevate that never title like immediately. A ton, yeah. I'm really excited to see where Osprey takes that. Yes, that open weight. And title. hopefully, they really great. use it as an opportunity to, to do these matches that are across divisions. Yeah, for sure. Like, give me Osprey versus Yo. Yeah, but then next. Osprey versus like Ishii and the you know? show, yeah, and then eventually it'll get back around the waist of Goto. That was eighteen minutes, eighteen almost eighteen and a half minutes. I would have thought it was like twenty, but yeah, it's one of the longer matches on the card. Yeah, third longest match. Yeah, it was a heck of a match. Yeah, and the whole the whole show felt very breezy. Yeah, it did. You know, and it, I mean, it kind of was. 
Yeah, know? I mean, this next match, the the triple threat match for the uh, junior tag titles, didn't even last seven minutes. Wow. Pretty short. So speaking of which, uh, Rapongi 3K, uh, LIJ's uh, Bushi and uh, Shingo Takagi, and uh, Suzuki Goons, Kanemaru, yeah. and El Desperado. Yeah. Um, it was mostly, I mean, like Rapongi 3K was, was handling business in the ring against the Suzuki Goon team. And at one point, uh, Shingo Takagi tagged himself in, mm-hmm. and he just more or less cleaned house. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he hit a uh, pinch show after his finisher last of the Dragons, but given how the match went down, and Suzuki Goon never got back in the ring after Takagi tagged himself in. I wouldn't be surprised if we get Lij versus Suzuki Goon for the junior tag titles at New Year's Dash, mm-hmm. so that Lij could beat Suzuki Goon themselves, and then no doubt, yeah, they are the junior tag champs. Lij, I mean that was that was one of the themes of the night. I mean that was the one cons- that was the one sort of constant thing. You had a bunch of weird stuff going on with Kenny, the Young Bucks, Cody, of course, but Lij. Draped in gold. Yeah, they have like almost all the belts. By the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, next, a really awesome match between Zack Sabre Jr. and Tomohiro Ishii. Um, before the match started, uh, uh, Taka Mishinoku dropped a promo saying how great Zack Sabre Jr. is. And he is great. You know what? He is great. He is great. He's submission master. He is submission master. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, in the end, he was a submission master because uh, Ishii couldn't tap out because he had both his arms behind his one back. One arm here, one arm here, and then he had a foot right here. Yeah, he had to verbally submit. Yeah. Um, great match where Zack Sabre Jr. was working over uh, Ishii's arm, his right arm, um, repeatedly throughout mm-hmm. the entire match mm-hmm. and eventually came to play at the end. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is your new Rev Pro champ. Got a new belt too, and literally new rev brand new belt because the yeah the belt it looks more like a new Japan belt it looks like a real belt looks great looks that great. other one looked like tin yeah that was terrible and again we got a couple sequences with Zach where uh, you know Ishii was trying to angle himself to get the rope and he sees Zach Saber Junior's process of trying to See the counter everything it's little great hamster little submission I, I hamster they had a match when we went to the the first G one special in USA during the U S title tournament that was a great match. they had a match and we were close enough to see all that. Mm-hmm. On day two, I believe, mm-hmm. where Zach, you could see, oh, Ishii's putting his foot here. I got to do this to keep him off the ropes. Great yeah. stuff. Oh, man, that's great. And now he's going to go home and solve Brexit. And now, and then after that. Well, he's that, got a match against Pac on the sixth. Ref Pro. He could do both, man. Oh, I believe he's that. He's submission master. I believe that. I believe that Zach Sabre Jr. Hey, can do all those thing. things. If you take your time out, try to solve Brexit, you might take your eye off the prize. Pac. Pock. Yeah. Pock. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the shits? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Uh, next, Young Bucks versus Evil and Sonata versus Girls of Destiny for the heavyweight tag titles. Good guy, Tomatonga, is awesome. He just yeah. wanted to shake everybody's hand. He wants to see, he's, I love you. Yeah, he goes to I Matt Jackson. You. I love you. Yeah, Nick, shake my hand. Nick was like complaining to the ref. He was like, "What is all this? Yeah. What is all this love?" Yeah, and he thought he, he thought it was some uh, some trickery. Yeah, man. Um, from a uh, good guy, mm-hmm. Tomatonga. Mm-hmm. However, it seemed legitimate. Yeah. Because then he went over to Evil and it's like, "Here, shake my hand." Yeah. And then he was like, "All right," shakes his hand. The ref says, "Tag," and uh, Tomatonga gets tossed from the ring. Yeah. Uh, Evil gets in there. Can we please talk about for a moment the entrances? Sonata coming out looking like oh, man. the most amazing 
well-designed character I've ever seen in my life. And then Evil stumbles out. With an oversized hood. Which he's got some weird, goofy hologram machine in one hand. Yeah, and he has his scythe. In his the oversized other. scythe in and the other he, hand. So he's trying to get... His hood is like down to his nose. And he's sitting there stumbling around trying to get the... Just, dude, you just got to bring it down enough. Yeah, I know. No, look, here, look. Number one, if you're going to have a hood on... Practice backstage and make sure that it's not going to be an issue. And if it's too large, then like get a thing where it's. You already have a mask and you've got your hair braided. Just, Just ditch the hood, or or get like some bobby pins or something so it stays in place. That's too much. No, That's it'll stay in place. It takes like one here and one here. It'll stay in place, and all you have to do is pull it back, and it's pretty seamless. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he had that. And what happens is it's not seamless and it does fall out of place because those bobby pins, they'll just come right out. No. I will guarantee you he had no, bobby pins. No, I guarantee you wouldn't. Because I think Evil is a guy who prepares. And no, he I think was probably so too. backstage and he was prepared. He had the bobby pins. Then they just came loose and he's sitting there. What I am I know. supposed to do with this? I don't know. I don't know. But he won. They won. They won. They did. Let's talk about good guy Tamatonga. There was a there was a moment where uh, Tonga Lo had an opportunity to break up a submission move, and Tamatonga went to him and was like, "No, no, don't. That's do not that. the way to do it. Yeah, you're breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. So instead, they both went outside and started pushing the rope closer. Because uh, uh, Matt Jackson had a uh, evil on the sharpshooter pushing the ropes closer to evils. Evil could reach out and break the hold legally. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, it's kind of, it, it is interesting because on the surface, when you see Tomatonga doing this, you know, good guy Tomatonga stuff, he's at the forefront of this bullet club, you know, rebranding type thing. He's out there, uh, making friends with cultaholic culture. You automatically think there's no way they're going to take the titles off these guys. But in fact, this uh, is actually a fairly dominant performance by Yuval and Sonata. It, it, it was. And it also illustrates that, okay, well, maybe Tamatanga was doing this as part of the story of them losing the titles. You don't think about that. He's doing something so oddball and weird, it makes sense that he's just going to keep the titles. But no, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. He's doing that weird stuff to tell the story of him losing mm -hmm. the titles. That, to me, is fascinating. And then we'll get a rebirth of bad boy Tamatanga, I'm mm -hmm. sure, at some yeah. point. I mean, it's a, how many of these characters struggle with good and bad and this is a very obvious representation of that but you have okada going through the same thing on a much bigger scale with balloon okada mm -hmm. and then of course tonight okada reborn who still ends up losing to jay white yeah yeah it's, it's great it keeps you guessing it it's exactly. expectations and then subverted exactly and we still know who the mole and chaos is yeah um in the end like evil and snow are just doling out finishers to everybody oh there's that great <laughs> sequence earlier on where where uh 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 sonata was doing springboards Mm -hmm. Out of the ring or inside the ring, out of the ring on basically everybody. Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. He's a heck of an athlete. When he gets, when he gets, I don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Eventually, they're going to push that guy to the moon. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to get elevated to that spot when Naito wants to go to WWE, Okada wants to go to WWE, Tanahashi wants to go to WWE or Hollywood or something. It's going to be Sonata. He's going to be up there, and oh, my gosh. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be like 2020, 2021. Gonna great. He's going to have that year. It's going to be off the Did you ever watch that interview he did with uh, uh, before his match against Okada? No. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. you got to watch that. I know, I know, I know, I know. I gotta you really got to watch it. It's so good. 
Um, in the end, uh, Evil and Sonata were just doling out uh, finishers to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took uh, a moonsault from Sonata to pin Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson. Uh, I knew a young buck was going to take the loss. I just kind of <clears throat> suspected the, a gorilla of destiny was going to be the one doing the pinning. So I understand that, you know, uh, I saw a tweet from one of the young bucks just said, thank you, Japan. Um, and I know this, I know, I understand totally. This had to have been a very emotional night yes. for the young bucks. Uh, you couldn't really see it on their faces though. A little bit, a little bit as they walk to the ring. Maybe they're overcompensating. I don't know. They had, they had, to me, they had poker faces. <coughs> it was, it was almost as if they understood what it doesn't make any sense for us to be in this match. Maybe <laughs> that's. That's the body language that maybe I was projecting. I don't know. But uh, anyway, they, they just weren't as vocal. Usually they're out there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chatting yeah. a lot, talking a lot of trash. And you didn't really hear anything. So, yeah, you, you, that's exactly right. They co- they come down and it was a fairly they didn't standard the, entrance. They didn't have their usual swagger. They Right. And, hey, that could be melancholy. That could be, man, this is... A, I would have just thought there would have been a little bit more soaking it in. Like, Kenny was very emotional. Yeah. Kenny, you could read that all over. And, I mean, I could I could understand why it, it if the dude is going to go to, you know... Someplace else. To the Federation, you know, and well, he's about to leave he's his guys. Go to the entertainment. <laughs> Nobody wants to say that, man. Yeah, no. Oh, man. Anyways, before we continue... Here are a few words from our sponsor of today's show, Robinhood. Yep, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Robinhood strives to make a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers like us to invest for the first time with confidence. Robinhood aims to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And Robinhood makes it easy to do. Robinhood is simple, intuitive, and features a clear design that allows me to digest information easily. You? Yes, even me. For example, Robinhood offers easy-to-understand charts and market data, which proved to be extremely useful for investing novices like Steve and I. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Also, there are no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 per trade, but with Robinhood, you pay no commission fees, which means you keep all your profits. And right now, Robinhood is giving listeners of Going In Raw a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at goingenraw.robinhood.com. That's goingenraw.robinhood.com. And thank you to Robinhood for sponsoring today's show. And hey, it really does help Going In Raw if you check out goingenraw.robinhood.com. Next up, we had Juice Robinson versus Cody. More than maybe any other match. This one just felt like a formality. I think this is the one I had all my confidence points on. You did? Yeah. I Uh, had. uh, And you had like nine, I think. Yeah, second most confidence points because it did just feel like a formality. It, re- it really did. I mean, here's the thing about Cody. Number one, I, I love Cody. Yeah. I think he's great. He's I fantastic. think I-, I cannot wait for all elite wrestling. I, mm-hmm. I-, I say mm-hmm. that uh, truly. Uh, wrestling wise, he's a guy who can be brought to like a five potato match. He can't bring somebody to a five potato. I kind of feel the same way about Juice Robinson. 
he's not going to bring anybody to a five potato but he match. Can, he can, he can, he can hold his own. Yeah, with just about anybody, and he could be brought there to a stellar match. Yeah, but when you have two guys who have to be brought there. You're not going to end up with a match that's a five potato match. But also that is it's not just that, which is true, but also there's no drama cuz we know Cody's losing. Yeah. Yeah. So if they try to orchestrate story beats to try to build some suspense, it's all for naught because we know Cody's losing the belt. Well, let me okay, let me They're got to go to extreme lengths for us to suspend our disbelief enough that we think Cody has a shot at winning. Let me let me sort of illustrate this a different way. If uh, Will Ospreay, if I knew for a fact this was his last match and he was going somewhere, uh, and Kota Bushi uh, was going to stick around and they were fighting over a title, I kind of wouldn't care because those guys could put on a match. Yeah, that that'd be entertaining. I yes. don't care who wins. That match is going to be entertaining well, as hell. I, th I think what I was trying to say is because that's the case, they have to yeah, rely yeah, yeah. on telling an interesting you're, story you're, you're in the ring. Right. You're absolutely right. But you can't really tell an yeah. effective, interesting story when you know the outcome. The only thing they had going for them was the fact there was a title on the line, and we knew how that was going to end yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, before the match even started, Cody gets that U.S. title and swings it at, at Juice. However, he misses. By like a mile. Yeah. <laughs> Bell rings. Match gets going. Uh, juice hits uh, the juice box. Um, he goes to the top rope, and then Brandy gets in the ring and covers Cody, and then Juice gets down, and Brandy's, come on, punch me. I love Brandy's great. She's she's so great. Awesome. I love when she gets into heel mode. Like she can. She's such a great character. Oh yeah. Um, also, we have to note that Cody and Brandy were both branded head to toe. In Jacksonville Jaguars colors, mm -hmm. like down to the the Jaguar print. Yep, yep, <laughs> totally. It's just it's a bit too much. See, but if they had announced all the wrestling and they had done that, people been like, "Oh, what does this all mean?" A lot of buzz right there. A lot of buzz, but it's already been announced. Yep. So you know he's getting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our stream went down, but thanks to our wonderful friendos in chat, they filled this in that Brandy apparently speared the Juice. Yeah. And then uh, started. Uh, dropping some fast hands on, but got ejected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Juice hits crossroads on Cody. Cody kicks out, and then Juice hits pulp friction, but doesn't go for the pin. Picks up Cody again. Yeah. One more pulp friction. Yeah. Pins him. He is new U.S. champion. Yeah. Good for him. I. You know what, man? I really hope that I, I'm not a huge fan of Juice, but I always pull for the guy. Yeah. I want him to do well because yeah. I love his story of. I hate WWE because I left. Yeah, or they they released him. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I can be much bigger and better here. He can. He is capable of dropping some pretty funny promos. No, he is. He is. He's I, a decent promo guy. I, I like him. It's just the character of Juice Robinson. I'm not really into. Mm -hmm. It's just I don't really get what his thing is. The mm -hmm. flamboyant Juice mm -hmm. Robinson. Mm -hmm. He's got like a pirate thing, but he's not a pirate. I don't know what he. I don't. I don't know what he's supposed to be, man. Yeah, I know. Other than just juice, just juice, which might be enough. I don't know. Didn't some remember somebody said that they thought his gimmick was porn guy? Yeah, I never understood that. That I can get behind. That'd be cool. He comes out in like a different porn gimmick every like cable guy. Yeah, you know that'd be good. TV repair juice. Man. What are you doing here? <laughs> here to fix the cable. Here to fix the cable. Ooh. Uh, next, uh, junior heavyweight title match, Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori taking on the ace of the junior division, Kushida. Let's talk about that intro. 
That entrance. Oh, Kushida, where they had a, 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 a Kushida, a big head mode Kushida. <laughs> so they had yeah. a, a kid. A child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make his entrance. But he had like a, 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 a large Kushida mask, but it was really lifelike. This wasn't any Kushida mask. This was like, this looked like they put more money into this Kushida mask. And they did in the whole stage pretty much. <laughs> right. Because it was, like you said. It was lifelike. Bizarrely lifelike. Mm-hmm. The only thing that kept it from, from me just freaking out was the fact that you could see down the middle here where the, the split in the mask was. And that was basically it. Well, no, His face it, didn't move. That, but also it was, it, was, it, was, it was too large to actually be a, a real human head. Right. It was way too large. Yeah. Like I said, it was big head mode status in 2K19. And then uh, Taguchi... Showed up as Doc Brown. I'm not really sure what the story they were trying to tell here was. Yeah, because at no point did Marty get swapped with like a younger version of Marty. Yeah. Were they thinking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Big maybe? Or, but no, he I was think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids bigger. because I think Chris Charlton made a reference to that. Oh. They got their 80s movies kind of mixed up. It, 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 it's, or it's mashed all, up. It's all over the map. And then real Kushida shows up. The entire thing was, you know, we talk about often, oh, he's got Lou's face. It was Lou's entrance. Because you got, you got Taguchi doing goofy comedy stuff, which I'm just not a fan of. And then, like, a weird big head mode mask. Why would yeah. they spend so much money on a Lou's entrance? Yeah. It was just a mess. It like, didn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just too much Back to the Future. It's honestly kind of killing Back to the Future to me, you know? Wow. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite trilogies. Yeah. It's like that. That's saying and, something. That and like Godfather one and two, anyways. Well, that's not a trilogy. Two movies don't make a trilogy. I understand there's three Godfather movies, but most people choose to forget the third one. <laughs> See, I do too. I choose to think that Godfather two is kind of just two movies in one because you get the De Niro stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then you also got the Pacino stuff. Yeah, so that's a positive attitude to have about it. Yeah. See, uh, this is a this was a good match. Um, not as much high flying stuff as you may expect from a junior heavyweight match, but. Uh, Kushida was working over Ishimori's arm. Yeah, they were acting like they the were submission masters. Hoverboard lock. Yeah. Whereas uh, Ishimori was employing crossface, mm-hmm. a couple instances. Um, but in the end, he picked up the win with the bloody cross. Yeah. I think, like, just placement-wise, this probably should have been the opener. Yeah. And then the other one be here. Yeah. The Kotobushi match here. Yeah. Whatever, I'm not. The but player. I guess if, they had, if the idea was to do the injury angle, hopefully it is an angle, to keep Coda out of the main event, then I guess if it happens to kick off the show, there's always a possibility that he could return from injury angle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably that could overthinking be. everything. That could be. Who knows? Oh, wow. Look at this moment here on Twitter. People stay up overnight to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty great. Is that a trending thing on Twitter? That is a trending thing on wow. Twitter. Wow. Yeah. Uh, next, Jay White versus the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. And uh, Jay White comes to the ring with Gato dressed in some gorgeous-looking white ring gear. Mm. And then Okada emerges from the stage with his original, his old theme. Yeah. He comes out with a new robe. Yeah. Oh, not just any robe. A brand-new robe. His oh hair is blonde goodness. again. Oh, wow. He gets to the ring, takes his robe off. He's got the trunks back. This oh. is Okada Reborn Reborn. Yeah, it's it's Reborn Reborn. Yeah. yeah. He's born again. He's not again. stumbling down the ramp. No balloon. No hunch. No hunch. Yeah. Oh, man. But even that wasn't enough. Well, this was necessary. Oh, I, it absolutely was. I'm glad they did this because... So, Jay White ended up winning the match. Um, although, it was a fairly dominating performance from Okada. And then a lot Jay of it, White, yeah. 
just sort of snuck in that Sister Abigail, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. And uh, and just snuck in the win, basically. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which was uh, which was something else. Kind of necessary if they're building up this Jay White switchblade guy to be sort of the, I guess, the, the fill-in for Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he beat Okada at G1, mm-hmm. Balloon Okada, mm-hmm. and then... It you know again expectations. Okada comes out reborn. Oh, like, he's oh, going to wipe the floor and with Jay White. A relatively dominant performance too. Like every time Gato tried to get involved, Okada was like, "Oh, no big deal." Right, exactly. I'll counter that. He had a flying cross body. Oh, there was some barricade. really fun stuff with him and Gato yeah. for sure. Um, and uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, it wasn't enough. Jay White, he's got that switchblade. It's like book like Dirty Deeds, man. Mm-hmm. It's book so strong laid out Okada with one of them after yep. a lot of great sort of finishing sequences where they're each trying to get their finish oh, off. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of really good sequences like that, yeah. there It was it was really, really There's that one that, that was leading up to the fin- the actual finish where it was just, oh, the Jay White going for Blade Runner, countered yeah. into a Rainmaker attempt, countered into this move, countered into that move, back to Blade Runner, back to Rainmaker. And it, just, it was like 30 seconds straight of countering. It was... Expertly, it reminded me. I was watching. executed. I was mentioning this to you earlier. I was I was watching at the gym, on the treadmill. Uh, History of Bullet Club. Yeah, and they had uh, a sequence from I believe the G one finals a couple of years ago. Carl uh, Anderson versus Okada, and uh, and there was a similar sequence where he was just trying to get off his uh, gun stun. His gun stun. Yeah, yeah I love that name. Um, but then you know Okada hit his rainmaker. Always had an answer. In this case, it was the opposite. In this case, Jay White hit that uh, Blade Runner Mm -hmm. and uh, picked up the win. No sign of the Chaos Mole. I was asking you this during the stream. Yano is hanging out with uh, Taguchi Japan. Or, yeah, Makabe, I guess. Yeah. Who, I mean, who's even the mole? You think, I mean, my initial idea was that it's got to be someone who's been with Chaos for a long time. So I thought Ishii. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it doesn't seem like chaos is a especially tight knit group. They haven't really established like, oh, who could it be? Mm-hmm. Like these specific people, it could be any of them. Will Osprey's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see any like chaos branding on him. They usually don't really have a whole lot of branding on the individual members. Well, he, Osprey specifically has in the past. Oh, I know he has, but usually Ishii doesn't. He had, I think, a Chaos yeah, logo. Yeah, Ishii doesn't usually. A Chaos logo in his video package, yeah. but that was it. So, like, it's just, I don't know. It, it's it's not like, oh, well, which one is it? Who's acting shady? Everybody's just doing their own thing in Chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They all actually have very specific career goals for people who are part of a group called Chaos. Yeah, no, It seems fairly structured. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, but maybe now that we have Okada reborn, reborn, uh, uh, chaos will, will kind of align behind him instead of kind of being a bit of a mess like it was when he lost the title and became balloon Okada. Could be. Um, and we'll get some, uh, chaos versus bullet club stuff going on. I hope so. But something tells me they're going to go in a direction that we don't expect. Just haven't anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the good news is though. Our friendo Eric Reed. Oh yeah, was in, in attendance. We had a couple of friendos there yep. at Wrestle Kingdom, yep. including Eric Reed, and he he snagged a ton of Okada dollars. Yep, we have both uh, we both proffered him 
offered him uh, a, a barter. Uh, we're going to draw him some stuff. Yeah. I'm going to do a drawing. You're going to do drawing two. Yeah. And then he's going to send us some Okada dollars. Correct. So I'm excited about getting some fresh Okada dollars. Yes. Up here on the set. That's very yes, exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, great match, though. Okada's, yeah, it was a really good match. Okada's yeah. like the best wrestler in the world. He might be the best person in the world. It's like a toss-up. It's like him or, I don't know, Big E. I really want to go on the Okada cruise. Really More than the to. Jericho cruise. Yeah. Well, what what is the Okada cruise? It's like offer? it's like him and like two or three other guests on a boat, and there's uh, food and drink. I think it's like a two and a half hour cruise around Kobe. That sounds fantastic. I know, man. And you have to like enter a lottery to to get a spot, and it costs like two hundred and thirty bucks or something like that. The lottery costs two hundred. No, no, bucks. to actually do the, do the cruise. How do we get in the lottery? I think you have to enter. Uh, it might be a fan club. Are thing. the odds? Better or worse than uh, Mega Lotto? What is that thing called? Well, I guess Mega Ball. Better, but still not good. <laughs> still not good. Uh, I this, think that'd be amazing. This next one was a bit of a clunker of a match for me, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was a clunker. It was a slow. Yeah, to me, clunker is sort of synonymous with slow and clunky. There was some. There was, look, here's the thing about this match. So it's Naito, Tetsuya Naito versus Chris Jericho. No DQ. Yeah. Intercontinental Championship. This is kind of Jericho's thing these days. He's yeah. Br- he brawls. Yeah. Uh, when you have a lot of just aimless brawling and Naito seeming obsession with spiking himself on his head, I'm not huge on it. Well, he only did that once, didn't he? There was that DDT. On the announce table. On the yeah, announce that's table. That's the only time I remember him spiking his head on That's anything. good enough for me. That's okay. A, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if one instance really is an obsession, but I get your point. I, I don't guess. need to see that. Um, I mean, like it started out kind of like the mirror image of their match at Dominion, where uh, at that match, Naito was a bit lackadaisical during entrances, got attacked from behind by Jericho. This instance, Jericho's a little lackadaisical, posing and preening to the crowd with a title. Uh, Naito, having already taken off his new cloak and suit, he's out there. He's put Jericho, attacks them. Goes up the ramp, hits pile driver on the ramp. Yeah, um, things take a turn for Jericho's favor when Naito kind of fakes doing the tranquilo pose instead of go for a suicide dive. Gets hit in the head with a kendo stick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in between that, there is just you know you, you get the the spike DDT on the announce table from Jericho, um, and then a lot of kendo stick stuff. And I understand you know being kind of a, a, a amorphous stretch of brawling in and out of the ring. I get that. I think there's two things here that, that just sort of had me, and I'm not crapping on the match at all. I think it was, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm crapping on the match. I'll put it this way. For my personal taste, it wasn't great. Um, last year's Wrestle Kingdom match between these two, I thought was exhilarating. What, because you Dominion? It was Dominion, these two, and it was Kenny versus Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom last year. Uh, oh, it was Kenny versus Jericho. Okay, let me go back to that match then. That match was, it was a brawl, mm-hmm. but it was a nonstop brawl. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really plotting. It was like, they just went on the, he, Jericho just went on the offensive and was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And that was, it was just really took me off guard. It was very surprising and it just had a lot of energy to it. I feel like this match didn't really have a lot of energy to it. That was my main problem with it. Well, there was a stretch between the Spike DDT and when Jericho tossed a bunch of chairs in the ring. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like brawl in the ring, brawl around the ring, brawl in the ring, brawl around the ring. So I understand that. Yeah. And then on top of that, the second thing is this. Tetsuya Naito is a terrific 
fast paced storyteller. Yeah, he can be. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, in the right match. And I feel like his matches with Tanahashi, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just, man, it's so great. And I just feel like there was a lot of just people laying around in this match. Yeah. Um, and well, I guess of, they were trying to sell the brutality. Yeah, the, the, yeah, uh, the that's no what they were trying to do. There was a couple cool bits. I mean, the uh, the you know the Codebreaker, the, all these New Japan guys sell the Codebreaker like it's yeah. a freaking gunshot, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's really cool. Naito had his own one-knee Codebreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, towards the end, Jericho tosses a bunch of chairs in the ring, almost hits Naito in the head with one. Uh, tries to powerbomb Naito on them. However, Naito reverses into a DDT of his own, sending Jericho's head into the chairs. And after that, yeah, he hits his own kind of like one-legged code breaker. Jericho kicks out. Naito hits a German suplex in all the chairs. Um, Jericho pushes the ref, red shoes, hits Naito in the front area, hits a code breaker, second one of the match that he's hit. Naito kicks out. Uh, Jericho kicks out of Destino, um, and then Naito grabs the Intercontinental title. You know, like, that this this like you know that the intercontinental title is so important to Naito's overall story. Mm-hmm. Um, hits Jericho with it. Hits Destino for the win. Um, it's funny because after he hit Jericho with it, he just threw the title out of the ring. He ch- he chucked that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after the match, when uh, Red Shoe's son gave him the the belt, you know he held it. He asked for it like this, and, mm-hmm. and Red Shoe's son kind of folded up a little bit and he handed it to him. And granted, he wasn't throwing it around. He was kind of holding it to his side and kind of dragging the end of the floor. <laughs> right, yeah. But it seemed like he was, he was holding it with a tad bit more respect than he had previously. It's an, it, I'll say this. It, it is an in, a fascinating relationship that they have built between Naito and that icy title. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, he completely and totally resents it. Yep. And on the other hand, it's his. Yeah. <laughs> so he may not I, like the belt, but that's it's his that's belt. a metaphor for something. Yeah. And it is it is a fascinating character trait that they have built between him and that title. Well the thing with they, the story they've been doing with Knights of the last year and a half, it seems like, has been that he can't let go of his past. Mm-hmm. It cost him his match against Sokata because he did his old finisher. Um and he's been hampered by that ever since. So maybe the story they're going with, I have no idea, is he gets over the resentment he he feel he has towards that belt, and that can be the springboard to greater success. That could be. That could. Who be. knows? I, really like, t- I mean, I like I like looking at what they're doing with the stories. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. to speculate about that mm-hmm. stuff. Even if we're completely wrong, that's the most interesting thing about. Yeah, New and Japan. we're usually completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home. It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, And then our main event for the IWGP heavyweight title, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the challenger, taking on the champion, Kenny Omega. Who made it perfectly clear that he was pretty emotional about what seems to be pretty validated. He's leaving New Japan. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty interesting. He had some, uh, actually, some pretty cool uh, entrance attire. Seth, oh, that Sephiroth. was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and they played uh, the the video, the little video game Undertale esque thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, proceeded that I guess he didn't think was going to proceed the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they, as as a thank you or whatever, they let him do a bit of yeah, it maybe beforehand, maybe. But yeah, it was obvious. He came out with the with the young bucks. Um, it was just a different vibe for all of them. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a, it, it's it's like the kind of thing where it's like, man, we're at, we have we have such great memories of doing this, but we're all just ready to move on. That's just the vibe I got. And again, maybe I'm projecting because you obviously know that the young bucks are moving on. Yeah, Kenny, you know, you hear that we heard the rumors hours before that he was moving on, um, and their vibe kind of just fit with that Mm -hmm. general mood Mm -hmm. you know like even when they were doing the terminator thing it just seemed like an obligation like Mm -hmm. okay this is what we do now we have to hit during the match and there's a reason why we're not really huge in doing this because we're we're moving on like we're ready for different things yeah yeah um, but but hell of a match. Yeah, it was great. And the story of Tanahashi kind of representing the traditional strong style of New Japan versus Kenny saying he wrestles a style that's that's that, that's appealing to pretty much anybody uh, played out pretty early on because Tanahashi was sticking to his traditional offense. Kenny uh, was trying to, you know, early on he brought a table out to the ringside area. And at one moment, Tanahashi opportunity where he could put Kenny on there and do something. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it. Yeah. Um, uh, Kenny sets up for the Terminator spot. Tanahashi gets in the ring and, and, and cuts him off when he's about to start running the ropes. Um, all that kind of stuff. Eventually, though, Tanahashi was just kind of doing anything he needed to do to get the win. He hit a Styles Clash on Kenny. Mm-hmm. He did put Kenny on the table eventually, go for a high fly flow. Kenny got out of the way, so mm-hmm. Tanahashi went through it. But yeah, down the end, it was... It was it was it was super intense. There's this one spot where Kenny hits a power bomb. Tanahashi kicks out. Kenny hits another power bomb. Tanahashi, Tanahashi kicks out. Another power bomb. Another kick out. Um, Kenny hit a sling blade. Then his own high fly flow. And then Tanahashi kicks out at one. What? Because when Kenny was hitting those power bombs, like Tanahashi's kickouts looked like weak. 
I noticed that, you know, what's funny is that there were multiple matches. There were. Even the Osprey one, there was a couple of kickouts when Cody was doing something. It seemed like he had a hard time kicking up. But I, this Tanahashi stuff, this had to be intentional. Because because oh, yeah. when Kenny hits that high fly flow, Tanahashi like sprung up right at one. Yeah. That had to have been somewhat intentional. I agree, yeah. To sell the brutality of the match. And then when Tanahashi is supposed to hulk out, essentially, after Kenny kind of insults him by hitting a high fly flow on him, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to take that. Yeah. Pop right up. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a story where Kenny, if he hits one uh, one wing angel, odds are he's going to win. Mm-hmm. He cannot get it off this match. Yeah. Tanahashi had, had to answer every time he tried to go for a one wing angel. One time it was a reverse Rana. Uh, the other one, other time he just kind of got out of it, hit a sling blade, which led to the actual finish of the match. Um, yeah, Kenny did a top rope dragon suplex. Last time he saw him do that against Okada, he dropped Okada, or it seemed like Okada landed almost on his head. I, I looked away. Yeah, Tanahashi did a full, full rotation, yeah. so he landed on his stomach. Oh, man. Um, in the end, though, uh, Tanahashi mentioned reversed one winged angel, hit a sling blade, and went to the top, hit uh, a third high fly flow. Mm hmm. And got the win. And then delivered a pro- Where did Kenny? I mean, he just they just quantum leaped him out of there, didn't Pretty they? Pretty much. He rolled the ring. They had a couple of reaction shots of him, and then they walked up yeah. the ramp. I mean, I'm sure he's going to make an appearance at New Year's Dash Maybe. tomorrow. Maybe. That was part of the rumor. So let's talk about this. Yeah. yeah. Tanahashi air guitar, too. Yeah. Well, he said he was too exhausted to do it at first. And he says, all right, one song. And then he kind of collapsed. Yeah. During it. So this is from Body Slam. Well, first, uh, in their most recent newsletter, I believe, Meltzer mentioned that WB had offered uh, Kenny a huge deal. Three and a half million dollars annually. And then pretty much right before Wrestle Kingdom began, we were made aware of this Bodyslam.net story saying that Kenny was done in New Japan. Quote, while speaking to a well-placed source who has given me exclusive stories in the past, he has mentioned that Kenny Omega is finished with New Japan Pro Wrestling and will not be re-signing with the company. In addition, it is believed that he could be done with the promotion as early as this weekend. So we were always in the understanding that his contract lasted until the end of January. So I don't know what our legal machinations are in play here, which could make that happen if it can. Who um, knows? If I recall, and I was trying to look this up during the stream. When Shinsuke's contract was up, it's a different time, though, man. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm yeah, but I'm not. Let me finish my thought. Okay, sorry. I think they sat him for a while. New Japan or WWE? W uh, New Japan. So I think because I think there was like one final like short tour, and they simply didn't have him well, show up for that it. That could be. I think because he dropped the he beat AJ, AJ Styles at Wrestle Kingdom, right, for the IC title. Next right. day at New Year's Dash, he vacated the title. Yes, and I think that was the last time he was seen in New Japan. Yeah, but I think if I remember correctly, he had more dates on the contract that they could have had him work. And they yeah. simply didn't. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if they released him early. I was trying to get that info. And yeah, I, yeah. I, just well, I think know. AJ sure was the same situation there. where his contract wasn't set to expire until the end of the month or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you can get out of it early. But, I mean, I you know we we, 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 we do not know the, no. like you said, the legal machinations. Um, and I, with the, the, sorry, the competition being more heightened than it was even just three or four years ago, I would be hard-pressed to believe New Japan be like, yeah, cool, we can just leave couple weeks early given what they're trying to accomplish here in the states well yeah but here's the thing the flip side to that is kenny has done so much i understand so much and i mean seriously like 
I don't know. I, I honestly don't see what it would hurt. Like you say competition. There's no competition. There isn't. I mean, WWE, I'm sure everybody wants to protect their own their own ground. I get that. But at a certain point, I mean, you know, it's inevitable. It's like, okay, well, he's either going to be at the Rumble or he's not, you know. That's that's the only deal there is. And so, I don't know. It, it would it would surprise me if if, you know, keeping him on and keeping him grounded for just another couple of weeks so he couldn't be at the Rumble after everything he's done for their expansion, being the figurehead for mm-hmm, their expansion, mm-hmm. I would find it hard to believe that they would be like, oh, yeah, no, you can't do the Rumble. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. according to this, he could be done as early as this weekend, in which case it would seem that New Japan would be like, okay, cool, go ahead and do your thing. So, um, uh, Bodyslam.net continues, quote, other reports that have been circulating have mentioned that Omega is expected to have a meeting with WWE in the next few days, and that decision is to be made by Monday. Um, this seems to line up with the information that I was told by my source regarding Omega leaving New Japan. Um, it continues, I was also told that there is said to be, quote, something big planned for tomorrow's New Year's Dash event as well. This leads me to speculate that a potential send-off for Omega could be planned, possibly similar to what the company did for AJ Styles uh, the last night with the company before departing for WWE. Yeah. Of um, course, that in that instance, the Young Bucks turned on him. Yeah. And kicked him out of Bullet Club. Was, was the... Uh, was I'm trying to remember. I think it was either Sports Keter or Sportster had the thing about uh, the the WWE contract. Number one being for, or I think Meltzer said it was a three and a half million dollars. Yeah, a huge offer, yeah. But then the 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 concept of them helping him oh launch a gaming YouTube channel or something like that, and right? and Xavier Woods being part of a, a big part of their recruitment of him. And yeah, the, Kenny Omega has said multiple times, and it's fairly obvious. He wants a career as a as a professional gaming celebrity, mm-hmm. um, and tell me the WWE can't do that for the you know they yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the place to go given yeah. what we've seen with up up down down yeah I mean that itself and then on top of that look at everybody who's there I mean you've got AJ Styles there Kenny Omega said he wants to fight AJ Styles Seth Rollins wants to have Seth a match Rollins Kenny Omega. and Kenny Omega said let's make it happen so um, Kenny Omega said he'd like to have a match against Buddy Murphy. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. That is so great. So, and I mean, and here's the thing also, Kota Ibushi's a free agent. So if he wants to pick this up, then, I mean, that's that's a great way to lure Kota Ibushi over to mm-hmm. WWE, you know. So it, it feels like, and here's the thing, I don't believe for a second that he's going to go to All Elite Wrestling because why would he do yeah, that? Yeah, the only reason to do that is just, is just to stay with your friends. And help them out. And there's literally nothing he can do there that he couldn't do already in New Japan with yeah. a better setup. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it makes sense. The reason to do All Elite it. would be just to take on the challenge of building something new. That's pretty much it. Which is never anything he said that he's interested in doing. You know, we've he said many times many different things mm-hmm. that he is interested in doing, many of which would involve being in WWE. Um so yeah, and on top of that, there's there's a couple other things. There's Meltzer in the newsletter a couple weeks ago saying three out of the four members of the elite, if you take Cody, yeah. Kenny, Matt, and Nick, as having turned down three of the four, turned down main event level money, which means one of the four. And granted, we were trying to read that a couple different ways. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like one of those four, Kenny, didn't turn them down. 
Triple H has been very good at recruiting talent. I mean, and assuring that talent and saying, hey, Ronda Rousey, we're going to pay you big money. We're going to obviously then put you in a big spotlight. If you're giving Kenny Omega three and a half million dollars, you're not going to have him in the mid-card scene. Probably not. He's going to have an AJ Styles type role in the company. That seems to make all the sense in the world. Yeah. So, um, I'm. I mean, that's that's pretty exciting stuff, and and kind of unexpected. You know, it's exciting, and and I'm happy for him if that's what he wants to do. But at the same time, I can't help feel a little, a little disappointed. Is not the right word. Really? Because I still feel like. It, there's still things he could have done in New Japan, you know? What, fight Kota Ibushi? Yeah. And then what? Then you can go to WWE. That's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing is that that Golden Lover story didn't really have a whole lot going for it anyways. Like, it kind of did at the beginning, but then it just sort of fizzled out. Um, so, I don't know, man. I mean, I think if this is... if I, I think part of it, too, is I'm really rooting for Cody and the Young Bucks to really establish something. Yeah. And while I didn't have a whole lot of expectation that Kenny would necessarily follow him to all elite, you know, a part of me, the, 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 the idealist in me was like, you know, let's the, the, the group, the core group of the elite stick together, really try to build something and not compete with WWE, but just set up a, a, a good viable alternative to what the WWE is producing. You know, I think, I think there's a certain, mm, I don't know, there's something about going out there and creating your own thing and, and, and investing everything you have and creating this thing that could turn to something potentially pretty magical. There's something that's pretty neat about that. And I'm not going to besmirch Kenny by any stretch of imagination and do what's best for him. No way. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's exciting to see him against AJ Styles at WrestleMania and Seth Rollins and all sorts of other amazing talents at WWE. It's, it's just kind of a bittersweet moment, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I mentioned this during the stream. It, it feels like the best thing and the most exciting thing for the Young Bucks is and, and Cody is all elite wrestling. I think you're, the bittersweet, you're right. The elite, to me, was always Kenny and the Young Bucks. Yeah. And do you know why they were the elite? Because they were the best wrestlers mm -hmm. on the planet. Mm -hmm. The Young Bucks were the best wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And when I say wrestlers... I mean storytellers, mm -hmm. guys who can get in that ring and, and do everything. And elicit emotion, an emotional response from the audience. When Cody came along and kind of usurped Kenny, it kind of changed into let's create something, which is fine, yeah. which is totally fine. Totally. But to me, it stopped being it like Kenny sort of was on the sideline in terms of the elite group. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, no, this guy is like the best wrestler on the planet. He's elite. Like that's that's what it was all about for me. And then they did all in, and that's great. That's awesome. You have being the elite, and that's great. That's awesome. But it sort of got away from what I originally really loved about that group was we put on the best matches on the planet, and nobody can touch that. Cody Rhodes ain't putting on the best match on the planet. And he's amazing and he does really, really great stuff. And I love the imagination that he has mm -hmm. to put on something like All In. I love that. But that never was the elite for me. For me, it was like, man, these guys are the best wrestlers. And so creating All Elite Wrestling is something that's awesome and perfect for Cody and the Young Bucks. Because that's what they want to do. And that's great. And they look at WWE's tag division and like, well, that's not really for us. And that makes sense. For... Kenny Omega, WWE makes 
all the sense in the well, world for him. Sense, yeah. You know? It doesn't make any sense to go to All Elite Wrestling. You're not going to leave the number two wrestling promotion on the planet to join a startup. Unless, unless you really want to help. You really want to continue working with your friends. And you want to accept the challenge of really trying to build something new. But look at who he has in WWE in terms of his friends. He's got the club. Mm-hmm. He's got AJ. He's got Finn. Mm-hmm. He's got Shinsuke. All those guys that he has he's history got the with. the New Day. He's got the... And probably his best friend, you know? So... Man, I'm like super stoked for the guy. But you see them out there tonight, all the history they have together I know, and in I think that company. I guess that's the dis- – I hate to use the word disappointment because that's not right. It's bittersweet because of that. Because the the three of them were such a cohesive group and to see that group maybe disbanding for the in the near future. You know what it is? It's a bit of a bummer. It. You know why it's a bummer? There was nothing celebratory about tonight No. with them. And that's what cast a big Paul. They Like you said – the Young Bucks, they didn't come out with their usual swagger. Mm-mm. Everybody was sad. Neither were, neither did Kenny. And neither did Kenny. He was almost he, crying. He was able to turn on when the match started, but walking out, he didn't He have turned it. on the Kenny Omega cleaner character. Yeah. Right? But you kind of see through that. There's there's the lack of... And maybe we'll get the celebration at New Year's Dash. Who knows? You're right. Um, yeah, I think um, we probably will. I hope so. And, you know, if if the reports are true and Kenny's going to get this huge payday and, and hopefully the WB is going to roll out the red carpet for him and, and really give him the opportunities creatively uh, that he deserves, then it won't be as much of a disappointment. It's just the WB's track record is not necessarily great bringing in, you know, uh, free agents of this of this caliber. Yeah, they did. They did good by AJ, but that that was because AJ was so phenomenal that you know Vince didn't bring him initially to be a top guy. He just he just impressed Vince so much that he he elevated himself to that position. Yeah, you know you you see how a lot of the top talents in NXT get brought up, and you're like, all right, that's kind of mishandled. Yeah, like Nakamura could be doing so much more, and that's not to say that he's been treated unfairly. We just saw what he could do in NXT, and he's not. He's not been given the opportunity, I feel like, to really approach that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's well, I'm excited for Kenny. If this is what he wants, great. I'm really happy for him. It's just as a fan of the product, if he's going to WWE, I want to be fantastic. Yeah. And based on WWE's track record, I have to I have to, to, to have some pause about it and be somewhat pessimistic. We hold Kenny in such high esteem. Yeah, absolutely. Because he is such a cut above And I'm sure everybody. he's well aware of all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, how people are coming to WB and sometimes they, they, they creatively, they know what they want to do and there's a home run out of the gate. But a lot of times it's, it, there's, there's hits and misses and yeah. they fumble creative plans and people make advances and take two steps back. So, you know, it's not as a, a seamless process by any stretch of the imagination. The expectations... Whereas I know if Kenny starts, so yeah, go ahead, please. This, whereas I know if Kenny stays in New Japan or goes to All Elite, I know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm, yeah. I know exactly what I'm going to get, and it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah, the expectations for Kenny Omega in WWE are I can't think. I honestly cannot think of 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 another situation where the expectations are, are nope. there. Nope. I, I really can't. Um, I mean, this is a really silly parallel. But like Goldberg, you know, and but Goldberg was a terrible wrestler, so it's not the same, you know, <laughs> but in terms of somebody coming in that it's like, oh, my gosh, they're coming in, you know, in this day and age, there is no there is no equal to that. Mm-mm. He is such a cut above 
everybody else in the non WWE world that his expectations are so through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of feel, and look, man, this is me being maybe unrealistically optimistic, but if Triple H is handed Kenny Omega in the same way that he has evidently been handed Ronda Rousey, I think that's a pause. I think that could only be positive stuff because they have been able to turn Ronda Rousey into such a legit star in the WWE and they've handled her so perfectly, I think, that you get somebody who already is the best wrestler on the planet, you get him in that situation, and Triple H is the one who's like, okay, this is what's going on. Assuming Triple H is the one in that role. I mean... I will guarantee you, man. Vince will be cool with Triple H's handling of Ronda because Triple H knows that Ronda's going to make him money. Yeah. And I know he's rolling, backing up the Brinks truck for Kenny, evidently, if all this is true. But we've seen several uh, Triple H guys. You know, yeah, Finn Balor was universal champ. He ain't making three and a half million dollars. I know, but he's probably doing pretty darn well for himself. He ain't making Seth Rollins money. Seth Rollins is. Yeah. You know, look at Dean Ambrose. Like, he's making like probably a million dollars. Approximating like Seth Rollins money. And for whatever reason, they always push him. Yeah, someone, someone in WWE likes <laughs> You know? And he's got, he's got like a sliver of the talent that Kenny Omega yeah, does. Yeah, that's for sure. So, look, man, I, I share your pessimism. Um, I temper it a little bit with my optimism, and we'll see what happens. But this is fascinating. If, it's if, interesting. If nothing if else. If it comes to pass. If nothing else, it's fascinating. The next couple of days are going to be fascinating. Something else. Yeah. Anyways. It's really early in the morning. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in and sticking with us. Uh, the live stream was a blast. Yes, it was. Always. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, and, uh, yeah, you'll get our thoughts about New Year's Dash coming up on, on Monday. Monday. We'll be going live at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. Thanks so much for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.